0: Suffolk County investigators have been searching for evidence since 10 bodies were found on the beach starting in December of 2010.
1: And I tell people all the time that uh, when we do catch the person, everybody will be surprised. The FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit, which has come out with this comprehensive report, defines a serial killing as, quote, the unlawful killing of two or more victims by the same offenders in separate events.
0: So we've come to the moment of truth, finally, for Suffolk County in the Long Island serial killer case. For years, nine years, the Suffolk County Police Department has covered up the facts in this investigation. They have done an inadequate and, and negligent job of trying to tra- trace down the killer or killers. There are all kinds of uh, inferences that can be drawn about why uh, Chief Burke suppressed this investigation.
1: Right now, based on uh, you know the common denominators, The similarities of the victims, where they were dumped, the dismemberment, looks like one person. To date, the remains of 10 people have been found along Ocean Parkway. Eight women, one man, one female toddler. Their deaths are a direct result of their business as prostitutes. We
0: also know that Dr. Hackett called Mary Gilbert the day of the, the incident when Shannon disappeared and represented to poor Shannon's mother that he had Shannon in his care and that he ran a home for wayward girls. Today we're announcing the lawsuit that Mary Gilbert and the estate of Shannon
2: Gilbert have brought against Dr. C. Peter Hackett. And that's why I'm so proud that we're standing here today, strengthening our partnership between my office, the Suffolk County the Police Department, the FBI, and continuing to move this investigation forward by implementing new tools.
1: This case is not cold. Uh, you know, I don't like that term.
2: Quote, unquote, too late to help her. It wasn't too long ago that I served as police commissioner. And of course the Gilgo Beach murder investigation one of the first cases that we took a deep dive into.
0: Suffolk County investigators have been searching for evidence since 10 bodies were found on the beach starting in December of 2010.
2: She
3: does not match the pattern of the, the Gilgo Beach homicides, but again, I want to emphasize to everybody here, we let the facts dictate where we're going to go with this investigation.
1: And I tell people all the time that uh, when we do catch the person, everybody will be surprised the the person to persons involved in Shannon's murder. Then they will also connect the other murders to Gilgal Beach and we can stop the serial killer. Jimmy Burke
0: became appointed as the chief of police, the famous Dr. Michael Bodden, with me, performed the autopsy on Shannon's bones several years ago and concluded that the hyoid bone in Shannon's neck was broken and that that break was consistent with homicide. Mary was invited into Sarah's home and in the living room, she was knifed uh, to death. She was a familiar on Long Island. She had uh, clients or customers on Long Island, some of them very wealthy men, one of them in Kings Park, another one out in uh, Amagansett, I believe is where it was, and he uh, was a landscaping wholesaler, and his name was Bissett and Mr. Bissett is dead, he committed suicide.
1: The victims are Maureen Brainard Barnes of Norwich, Connecticut, 25 years old, last seen in July 2007 in New York City. Melissa Barthelemy of the Bronx, New York, 24 years old, last seen in July 2009 in the Bronx. Amber Lynn Costello of North Babylon, New York, 27 years old, last seen in September 2010 in North Babylon, and previously announced Megan Waterman of Scarborough, Maine, 22 years old, last seen in June 2010 in Hopog, New York. And there was a cover-up, accordingly. Uh,
0: it does appear to us at this time that the same person or persons are uh, responsible for all of these murders. Suffolk County Police will share new information in their investigation into the unsolved murders on Gilgo Beach. Suffolk County investigators have been searching for evidence since 10 bodies were found on the beach starting in December of 2010.
4: Hello and welcome to episode three of My Passion Case. I am your host, Bill Huffman, and on this week's show, we will be wrapping up my conversation with producer and reporter Maggie Freeling about the Long Island serial killer, a.k.a. the Gilgo Beach Murders. As I mentioned last week, all true crime fanatics know about this case. But if you don't, and have not listened to part one of my conversation with Maggie, please go back and listen, or you'll be quite lost in this episode. So the true crime community and the families of the victims have renewed hope that this case will actually be solved, Because for the first time in a long time, a press conference was held to show off new evidence in relation to the case. The Suffolk County Police released pictures of a belt that was found at one of the crime scenes. And the reason why this piece of evidence could be significant is the initials WH or HW were painted on the belt. Now, they said they had the belt in their possession for more than a decade after it was found with one of the bodies. I'm not sure why they didn't release it earlier, but it's released now, so... I put a picture up on the website. But since it didn't belong to any of the victims, police said they were confident the belt was handled by the killer. And of course, they didn't say how they were so sure that it was handled by the killer, so we can only speculate. Police don't seem to like to use the word cold case anymore, but I will say that this case was as cold as ice. There really hadn't been any new information in years other than the lawsuits that you had heard about in the trailer. But I will admit, this time does feel like they're giving it a full-court press to solve the case. They've gone as far as creating a new website, Gilgonews.com, so the public can actually submit information or tips. Just a refresher, the first set of remains were discovered in 2010, while police were searching for another woman, 24-year-old Shannon Gilbert. When they did discover Gilbert's body, the total number was 11, And in a rather callous way of explaining the deaths, police said at the time that most of the women worked in prostitution, so it was basically the job that had killed them. The first autopsy on Gilbert had concluded that she died from drowning and drug overdose, despite the fact that being only 18 inches of water in the area at the time. So the family brought in the famous Dr. Michael Bowden to perform an independent autopsy on Gilbert's body. Now, he was able to determine that she was killed due to homicidal strangulation because the hyoid bone was actually missing. The autopsy showed that Shannon did not die from a drug overdose or drowning. The family of Shannon Gilbert fought the police for more information about their daughter's death but were seemingly stonewalled by the Suffolk County Police. So the family hired the charismatic attorney John Ray to represent anything to do with Shannon. He was always suing somebody to get more information. This is something crazy to note, but Mary Gilbert, Shannon's mom, actually ended up being murdered by her youngest daughter. This is just another tragic set of circumstances for a family already torn apart from a murder. But apparently Gilbert, Shannon Gilbert that is, had a 21-minute conversation or call with a 911 dispatcher on the night that she disappeared... And the attorney had sued for a release of the tapes. And it was during that search for Shannon when they found the four bodies that had obviously been dumped there by a killer or a serial killer of some sort. As Maggie said in part one, the demographics of the area are very wide ranging and the terrain is mostly barren. So police found more bodies on Gilgo Beach, which is on the opposite side of Oak Beach. So for whatever reason, and, and again, I'm not sure why, but the FBI was not involved with this case until the last five years. So some of these new leads actually may be driven by their inclusion into this case. But now that I've run you through the basics, let's rejoin my conversation with producer and true crime star Maggie Freeling and take a final look at the Long Island serial killer. Yeah, it doesn't look like it would be very difficult to, uh, if you know the spot, you know the area where you want to take these bodies, pick them up in the city or in any of the boroughs, and just, boom, have your wave of them. Like, I mean, not to like be so blunt about it, but it's true. I mean, this is the boonies. Both
5: of these spots specifically, there there's a lot of places that aren't the boonies very close by, but this person knew the spots that were.
4: Everywhere is not the boonies, except for this whole stretch.
5: This stretch and then the Pine Barrens out in Manorville. Yeah. You know, like it's quite remote. And there were two torsos found there linked to body parts skulls and feet and hands found, you know, on Ocean Parkway. You
4: can make like, a song out of that and like skulls and feet and hands. Like, <laughs> I also
5: like, pluralized feet. I said feats. I don't know. <laughs> you, might,
4: you might have done that, but whatever. It's a podcast. <laughs>
5: But yeah, so so yeah, I, I do think James Burke, Suffolk County Police Chief, he would know all the areas. He is known to be with sex workers. He allegedly was rough with sex workers. Who carries around a bag of porn and sex toys? I mean listen, there's nothing wrong with porn and sex toys, but I don't know who's carrying that around with them like in their...
4: Yeah, car. hey, hey, each his own. I mean, porn it's, and sex listen. toys, nothing wrong with that. Okay,
5: fine. You carry around your car. Then he beats the guy who steals it and does 46 months in federal prison. I mean, the guy the guy's a little unhinged. Um, I think he's, he, you know, I, I would put my money on him. So
4: he's your number one suspect.
5: He is. Um, You know, there's other thing you know he's he was known to be i think semi somewhat corrupt i don't remember exact incidences you know there have been some police brutality situations but yeah i mean if you google him he comes up as scandal police brutality you know he wasn't he wasn't the greatest guy and he's the chief of police
4: is he still the so, chief of
5: police no 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 he uh it's a different person now so so yeah the family is still calling for the FBI to get involved.
4: And they haven't?
5: No, I don't know exactly. I I don't believe the FBI has. The latest thing that I know, the, the latest with the case is actually very recent and Shannon Gilbert's family is still trying to get the 911 call. They want to hear it. Mm -hmm. They want to hear her 911 call. I I believe it was a 20 minute phone call. It's a pretty long phone call. And so while the police have said that they don't believe her case is LISC related, they also are saying they won't release it because it could jeopardize the identity of the killer. So they kind of contradict themselves or like hinder the investigation into who the killer is, I think is what they said. And it's like, okay, wait, on one hand you're saying there was no killer that she probably drowned but you're also saying that if you release the phone call it could hinder the investigation into the killer so that's the latest um is that they're not releasing the 911 call and the family is confused as to their reasoning
4: yeah i mean and when you so see it it's like i mean they're basically they're basically saying uh yeah the judge says that we can release this but we're not going to
5: right you jeopardize the investigation yeah so So the other person who actually hasn't been mentioned so far in any of the mainstream because the main documentary was put out in 2015 or 16. And then the uh, book came out in 2013, almost right after the bodies were found. So no large media has been done since then on the case um, is John Bittroff. And this man was convicted in 2017. So that's why he hasn't been, you know, in any of these major Long Island serial killer documentaries and stuff. He was convicted in 2017 of two sex worker deaths in the 90s. And he used to live in the Pine Barrens where two of the torsos were found. So a lot of people think he is a suspect.
4: Interesting. So there's basically like a top five.
5: I pretty much named the top people that are always mentioned. Um, but again, like I said, Bitroff is... Not been mentioned as much yet because he was just arrested and convicted. So yeah, he's um not as much has been written about him, but you know when you search him, top things are long island serial killer. Could he be the killer?
4: Now, do you believe that he's the most likely of the suspects?
5: I don't know yet because I still I haven't really you know looked into what he's been up to for all of these years and things like that, which I'm sure the police are currently working on. Um, but you know he he did kill two sex workers. He lived in the pine barrens, two torsos were found there. Maybe he maybe he's the torso killer and still the and the trophy killer with the Kilgo Beach 4. Maybe that's, you know, chief of police, James Burke. You know it could be, it could be two of them, yeah, because James Burke seems to me more the kind of guy who is you know meticulous, planned police guy, and Bitroff seems more of the kind of guy who's you know the kind of serial killer that we think of, you know this person who's just chopping up bodies and it's like leaving them out there.
4: so this is kind of a out there question, but is there any chance that they would know each other?
5: No, that is a good question. I I am not sure of. Um,
4: Just because I'm just saying, you know, if if one's going to cover for the other or they have such different MOs, but they use the same dumping ground area or somewhat of the same dumping ground area. I don't know. I just I'm just throwing it out there.
5: Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so now I'm I'm so I'm looking more into him. And so a link between him and the Long Island serial killer cases besides. You know the bodies found where some of the torsos found where he lived. Um, one of the women he was convicted of killing was reportedly best friends with Melissa Bartholomew, who was one of the GoGo Beach Four. Mm. And apparently Bartholomew's mom said that she had a lot of calls to Manorville from her phone at the time. And this guy, he's not hes not bad looking. He seems kind of like what you think of a serial killer looks like. Looks a little like Jim Muir, probably charming. Yeah, I'll,
4: just off gets you comfortable quickly. Yeah,
5: he would have been in the age range. You know, back then he would have been early 40s. they They thought this person had been killing since the 90s. And I think his first victim was in the 90s. Yeah, span of crimes, 93 to 94. It's definitely, it's definitely interesting. Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's like, you know, with any of these criminals that they come across like later in life or they get caught doing something, you know, past the point of, let's say, being their first opportunity to do so, it, gosh, it just leaves so many unanswered questions Mm -hmm. as far as who, who else could have been a victim of, you know, fill in the blank because right. it's, ev- it's almost everybody.
5: Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think one of the interesting things is there is a kid, an unidentified kid, perhaps this was his daughter, you know, like similarly in what we saw with the Allenstown four you know, where he had to get rid of some of these like loose ends, some of these, pe- like, I think one of the girls in the barrel was his daughter. People are like, you know, is, is the kid that was found? this person's daughter he had to get rid of. So maybe, you know, identifying her and Asian male and the other Jane Doe, could they be related to him? Or, you know, finding out who some of these people are could lead to who the killer is. And I think that's only going to come with you Know DNA testing,
4: yeah. I definitely think that the Asian male is definitely one of those situations where that was probably a he was probably picked up thinking he was a woman and yeah, killed because he wasn't, yeah. But either way, he was gonna end up dead. I mean, not to be a dick, but like,
5: oh, yeah, well, yeah, he was gonna whoever he was picking up, he was killing, so yeah, yeah. I, you know, this is one of those things that I think about all the time i always go out there and i'm like are there more bodies out here why is no one looking for more bodies they should be looking for bodies all the time um i'm always like what if my parents moved into that house i hope uh,
4: you're not like wandering around out there just by yourself just no. in in a, in a daydream not. just going gosh <laughs> Where are the bodies? And then you trip over one and you're like, oh, I
5: feel like, I mean, that would be like a dream, though. Like, one, to, like, help find somebody's, like, missing loved one. Just, like, because you're, like, following up on your, like, stupid, morbid fascination with serial killers. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that would be, like, my dream is to find a missing loved one. Um, No, but I I think, you know, with this case, I I do think it's solvable. I think they're going to solve it. I think they have a good amount of evidence that we... Either don't know of, or you know, maybe there is something on that nine one one call. Maybe they do have some DNA we don't know of. Um, there, they did do. You know, we're not talking about the early two thousands. These women all went missing in two thousand ten. I mean, cell phone pings, stuff like that. I think. I think it's very solvable and I think it will be solved soon. And I think, you know, with a shitbag bag behind bars now, bitch off, I think uh, maybe some plea deals. I don't know.
4: Yeah. Once you put the feet to the fire, it's, uh, it's one of those things uh, kind of get a lot of answers. Now, here's a quick question before we uh, wrap things up. What, do you think there's any connection between the bodies that were found in Atlantic City? Right. And... All these, you know, just to give a quick rundown to the listener, uh, four bodies were found behind a a hotel motel, um, a seedy, we'll say a seedy motel. I forget what year it was. Again, four bodies. They weren't all killed at the same time.
5: And were they, I forget, remind me, were they found at the same time?
4: They were found at the same time. I do remember that. Um, I'm going to double check.
5: Right, and they were they were they were similar to um, the Ogo Beach Four because there was four of them laid out very similarly. All right. sex workers. In Atlantic City, which is also very close to New York City, as Oak Beach and Gogo Beach were.
4: now they give him a name on Wikipedia. They call him the Eastbound Strangler. Hmm. But yeah, uh, four prostitutes found in a drainage ditch uh, behind a Golden Key motel. Yeah,
5: yeah. I don't know. I mean, the the um, documentary, the A and E documentary, they mention it. They bring it up as you know, possibly connected. That's the only time I've heard that. Um, I don't think they were mentioned in Lost Girls. Is that where you were hearing? No, where you no. It was
4: just, I personally just, I, you know, I have a.
5: I mean, it's interesting. It's a very similar like MO, like a trophy garden, like laying them out like that. I don't believe they were buried though.
4: No, they weren't. Um yeah, they, they but they were like, again, they were all strangled and laid out. But no, again, the only reason I bring it up is because of the fact that I recall it as just being a news guy.
5: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely interesting. And I would super I would. Interesting. If I was law enforcement, I would look at them as possibly connected. It's it's a close enough area. It's a similar situation. Uh, You know, the guy, if he's working in Times Square, he could also be going out to Atlantic City to be with sex workers. I mean, people who live on Long Island amble in atlantic city
4: yeah and it's not like you're stuck to one spot i mean if you're just like getting away with murder who's who the hell's this like you don't have to i mean look at bundy bundy was all over the freaking country doing his crimes you don't have to be in one spot yeah israel keys exactly um
5: if the long island serial killer if the torso killings and the trophy killings are all the same person, it would make the Long Island serial killer one of the most prolific serial killers who is one of the most prolific serial killers also terrifyingly still at large.
4: Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a scary thought. And <laughs> <Right>? actually,
5: <laughs> usually, Usually we find out these guys are serial killers after they're caught. And this one, you know, it's like Bundy gets caught for, you know, something. And then we find out about all the bodies or Israel keys. He gets caught on one murder and we find out about, I forget with him, you know, five others, I think with him. Um, this one, we find all the bodies, many of the bodies before the person's caught.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely out there. I mean, he's got to know that at least, I mean, 48 hours, Dateline, podcasts, uh you name it. I mean, they've covered him. So uh, if he's out there still and alive, then he's well aware of the coverage he's getting. So I don't know if that's going to lead to him stopping what he's doing, but it certainly is weird to be kind of uh, living through it. Right.
5: I know. I know and I feel like I've grown up with it and I'm just like, Wow, that's gonna be the day they catch him. It's crazy.
4: Yeah, and I'll say the same thing about Amy. I mean I've Yeah since I was ten. I mean, I grew up in the city next door and it's been something that's been just ingrained in our brains since we were young. So the day that's that solved is the same type of feeling that you'll have when this is solved. And I just think that uh you know, I think doing shows like this and you know, the work that you do and and, and the shows that you do it's important for the listeners to really understand and take a deeper dive into who the people are that these crimes are being committed against and remember that like there is no solution there is no closure for any of these families and that closure is not the, the right word because I know better to, than to say that, but it's just we're living yeah. we're living through it right now. It'd be yeah. like be like living through the night stalker or living through the Golden State Killer, you know. But again, they still didn't know that those things were connected at the time. We right. now have the ability to be able to make those conclusions. Yeah,
5: yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty crazy.
4: So yeah. So anyway, we'll wrap things up. And uh, what's your final thoughts on? and where you see the case going and um, you know, what's your hope for uh, I guess the immediate future.
5: I I see it going similar to how golden state killer went. It, You know, for most people, it's kind of disappeared. You know, people kind of forget about it. You know, a lot of people didn't even have the name until Michelle's book came out. And then suddenly it's like breaking news. This random guy is arrested. I kind of see it happening like that. Um, It kind of goes dormant. People start to forget about it unless you're me and you're like a creep every single day and then like suddenly it's like this breaking national news like prolific serial killer who's been killing since the 90s is finally arrested i kind of see it going like that
4: oh that'd be a nice uh, a nice conclusion I, right? I wouldn't i wouldn't argue with, with you on that one and, i hope uh, i mean
5: i hope i think i think you know it's a it's a new world with dna and i think you know it's unclear to me if he had had sex and or raped or sexually assaulted any of the women but i would for the sake of DNA, hope there is DNA.
4: And as far as just your overall feeling on the authorities' perspective on the case and how seriously they're handling everything, uh, is this something that you feel like they're giving their all I know that sometimes when it's a sex worker or uh, there's been situations where families feel like they're kind of getting the short end of the stick on some of the services that the police provide because of the job. Do you feel like that that's been any bit of an impact as far as the case goes?
5: I think that um, the families feel like that at least, that they've been given the short end of the stick. Um, I don't personally know, I think, and I would hope now with a new chief of police. I believe that all happened in 2016. It's been a couple years, the new chief of police. I would hope that it's moving forward. I mean, if the police have said and think this is one person, you you have a very serious problem. You either have two problems Or one very serious problem, because there's 10 bodies that we know of linked to this person then. So I would hope that they are
4: taking it quite seriously. And you're convinced that, just to verify, one killer, two killers?
5: I think that, I think Shannon Gilbert did die by a homicide, and whether that was linked to this killer or it's a insane coincidence that she was strangled and put out in the marsh. And I I, I say strangled because... They The bone that they were not able to find that would have shown if she was strangled or not was the hyoid bone, and that's incredibly small, and that's usually what breaks in strangulation. They mm-hmm. couldn't find that bone, which is why it's undetermined how she died. Um, But then I believe the family's independent um, expert did conclude they believe it was strangulation. So I think she was murdered, Um, and I don't know who that was. I don't know if it was Lisk. I don't know if it was someone she was running from that night but i do think that it is two i i, I think it's one person I, I would say it's one person um and then i think about it again and i'm like maybe it's two people i don't know i don't hear i don't think shannon gilbert died by the Long Island serial killer i do think shannon gilbert was killed i don't know for sure if it's one or two killers i go back and forth on it all the time
4: well i get it and i really really do appreciate you taking the time on this uh evening to uh, discuss this case because you obviously have a lot of passion for it and uh, definitely one that we all agree i think that can be solved but uh until that day comes
5: yeah yeah i thank you for letting me uh rant about it and not you know bother my friends with it anymore (laughs) or i will be but just not tonight
4: no problem at all i'm happy to give you a (laughs) platform to do so and uh again thank you so much for joining me and awesome
5: uh, well i'll see you i guess in a month or two
4: sounds like a plan all right all right you take care maggie i appreciate Bye, it though. thank you you bet take care man that sunset is gorgeous
5: grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back get comfortable carvana's got thousands of cars under twenty thousand dollars just waiting for you i could stay here forever carvana where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
4: Thank you so much again to Maggie from Missy Mora Murray, NPR, Latino USA, Crawl Space, and basically everything true crime. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in to my new show, My Passion Case. As I mentioned before, I will be dropping new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now, if you enjoy My Passion Case, you can support the show by clicking on the Donate button on the right-hand side of slowburnmedia.com, that is slow minus the W, or via the Venmo app with my username at bill huffman three. And I will also provide a link in the show notes. Any amount is appreciated, and it really does help keep the podcast running. I will also be representing Who Killed and My Passion Case on Podcast Row at CrimeCon 2020 in Orlando, May 1st through the 3rd. I really look forward to talking with the listeners about the cases that I've covered. And again, if you enjoy this podcast, If you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows, that would be great, because that does help keep the cases I do cover in the spotlight. Again, I'll be dropping all my new episodes on Mondays, and I will also be dropping new episodes of Who Killed on Fridays. If you'd like to stay up to date on the cases that I have covered, as well as the new shows I have in the pipeline, please follow me on Twitter at Bill Huffman, three. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, be safe.
5: Detectives Gerard Giganti and the commanding officer of the homicide section, Detective Lieutenant Kevin Byer. After the commissioner and district attorney make their remarks, we will take a few questions. We will also distribute a transcript of the commissioner's remarks at the end of the conference. Please keep in mind that due to the nature of this investigation. The commissioner will not comment on statements made by prior administrations, nor comment on possible suspects,
0: additional evidence, or specifics in this investigation. And due to the number of media here during the Q&A, I would just ask that you raise your hand if you want to ask a question.
3: Thank you. Commissioner? Thank you. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. The Gilgo Beach investigation is perhaps the most well-known and complex that this department has ever undertaken. It is important that the families of these murder victims know that we remain steadfast in our commitment to deliver justice, and in doing so, give a sense of closure. In our continued effort to advance this investigation, today we are sharing information with the public that we hope will shed new light on this investigation. In a few minutes, I will release a photograph of a previously undisclosed piece of evidence found at one of the crime scenes. We understand the value of information provided by the public that could assist us in this case. That is why we are launching a website dedicated exclusively to the Gilgo Beach investigation. Gilgonews.com is a platform to better facilitate an information exchange with the public where the department will, when appropriate, release information as well as provide an additional avenue for the public to submit a tip. And finally, I will update you on a scientific technique that we are utilizing that we hope will move this case forward. Before I get into specifics, let me review the chronology of what has brought us here today. It has been more than nine years since Suffolk officers Searching along Ocean Parkway for Shannon Gilbert, who had been reported missing months earlier, discovered the first set of remains belonging to Melissa Bartholomew on December the 11th of 2010. A further search of the area two days later led to the discovery of three more bodies: Amber Lynn Costello, Megan Waterman, and Maureen Baynard Barnes. The search for shannon continued and in march of 2011 the remains of jessica taylor were located nearly eight years after taylor's partial remains were located in manorville in july of 2003. three more sets of remains were discovered on april the 4th of 2011. jane doe number six whose partial remains were previously located in manorville in november of 2000. the remains of an unidentified female toddler believed to be approximately two years old, who through DNA testing has been identified as the daughter of a woman whose remains were located in Nassau County. And finally, an unidentified Asian male believed to be between 17 and 23 years old. A week after these three sets of remains were found in Suffolk, the remains of two additional victims were located in Nassau, including the toddler's mother. Police continued their effort to locate the woman whose disappearance had initiated the search, and on December the 13th of 2011, the remains of Shannon Gilbert were located in Oak Beach. Today, we are launching a website dedicated to sharing information with the public about these unsolved murders, and also providing a new way for the public to provide us with tips. To that end, we are asking the public to carefully consider the information provided on the website and whether they may have any information that could bring this case forward. As appropriate, we will share additional information via the website with the hope that with its release the public will generate new tips and new investigative leads. The website will be dynamic with evolving content posted over time. From the onset there will be a section to enable the submission of tips anonymously should the tips to choose. Today we are releasing the first piece of new information that will be featured on the website. A significant piece of evidence found at one of the crime scenes along Ocean Parkway. A black leather belt embossed with the letters HM or WH was recovered during the initial stages of this investigation. We believe that the belt was handled by the suspect and did not belong to any of the victims. We are not providing the specific location where the belt was found, and additional information on this item will not be available at this time. However, we do anticipate releasing photographs of the belt via gilgonews.com when appropriate. We are hopeful that this photograph will bring somebody forward with information about the origin of that article. In addition to this newly released image, we are optimistic that scientific advances will also bring new information to light. We have leveraged the expertise of our federal partners and are utilizing new scientific advances to expand our investigative capabilities. We were granted approval by the New York State Department of Health and have provided the FBI with DNA samples from our unidentified victims for the purpose of conducting genetic genealogy. The process includes uploading DNA to public genealogy genealogy databases in an effort to identify possible relatives of our unidentified victims. It is not clear how long this process will take. Information about the possibility of other DNA collected during the investigation will not be discussed. Even with these advances in technology, we know that the public remains one of our greatest resources. I encourage anyone who may have information to submit a tip, even if you wish to remain anonymous. The new website can be accessed at gilgonews.com. You can also submit a tip to Crime Stoppers by visiting p3tips.com, and Crimestoppers can also be reached at 1-800-220-TIPS. There has been a tremendous amount of effort put into solving this case. And I can tell you that everyone involved is motivated by one goal, to deliver justice to these victims and to give them some sense of peace and some sense of closure. Before we take questions, our Suffolk County District Attorney Timothy Sweeney will address the media. Before he does so, I want to thank him for his partnership. Him and his team have been committed and together We are all committed to solving these homicides. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Commissioner Hart. It wasn't too long ago that I served as police commissioner. And of course, the Gilgo Beach murder investigation was one of the first cases that we took a deep dive into. And one of the first calls I made was actually to Geraldine Hart, except she wasn't police commissioner at the time. She was the head of the Long Island FBI office. And one of the tools that we knew we wanted to use in this investigation was to engage with our federal partners, in particular the FBI, to assist us in this very important investigation. When I made that call to Commissioner Hart, at the time as a supervisor in the FBI, she welcomed us with open arms and we engaged the FBI immediately. And that's why I'm so proud that we're standing here today, strengthening our partnership between my office, the Suffolk County Police Department, the FBI, and continuing to move this investigation forward by implementing new tools in our our toolbox. I want to thank all the police officers who are involved in this investigation. Chief Cameron has detailed the amount of work that has gone into this investigation in the past, starting with the initial searches. The amount of work that has gone into this case is perhaps unprecedented. And as the commissioner said, we we remain committed to obtaining justice in this case. And lastly, and some of you may have never heard me say this, I want to thank the media. (laughs) The partnership with the media, uh, is very important. I can't tell you how many times when I was police commissioner and now that I'm DA, where the media's coverage of injustices, crimes, and other issues in the community have helped us obtain justice, whether it's our local papers, our local news stations, and I want to thank all of you for paying attention and and providing the attention and coverage that these matters deserve. I'll close with just thanking the police commissioner and the Suffolk County Police Department for their tremendous work on this investigation. My office remains committed to doing everything we can to solve these murders. Thank you. Thank you.
3: So I'll open it up for uh, questions. Here you go. Yes. So we are constantly evaluating the investigation. We're looking at the steps that we've taken. We're looking at the technology that's available at the time, and we made a decision as a team that now is the is the time to release this information. Yes, Nicole. Sure you said that you um, don't believe this uh, belt belonged to any of the victims that it belonged to the suspect. The killers. Why? What makes the police department uh, believe that? So, uh, uh, I'm not going to get into the specifics on why we do indeed believe that, but uh, we do believe that this item was handled by the suspect and did not belong to any of the victims. Can
4: you yes? indicate whether it's a brand stamp or whether
3: it's like a monogram? Just to indicate to us what this, uh, these letters appear to be? So I will tell you that it's embossed on the belt. Um, it, is, uh, it is for the public to assist us in that determination. Yes. So that's nothing that I'll get into today, but uh, but I will say that we believe the suspect handled the belt. Is there any DNA yes. evidence on what they were
1: come
3: the Nothing regarding other scientific techniques are going to be discussed today. Yes. So it's important as an investigative team that we keep our mind open to all avenues and don't uh, particularly uh, marry ourselves to one theory of the investigation. The, we go where the facts lead us. So we do, we do not speculate or uh, come across with a uh, with a determination such as that before the facts indicate so. Again, we stay we keep our mind open as investigators and make sure that we go where the facts take us.
1: They've called the FBI, and it's gotten nowhere. Would you ask them now to repeat this process with the new website?
3: So I'll begin by saying that the, uh, the effort that's been put into this case is extraordinary. And uh, I, I also want to echo the district attorney and commend our um, detectives that are working on this case, det- uh, commend the agents that are now partnering with us, and I will tell you that we continue to always take every lead seriously and uh, run, run it down accordingly. And I would encourage the public, if they know anything, even if they think it's insignificant, it may be a piece that fits into a broader picture that we could utilize. So I'd encourage the public to always come forward. Yes? Uh, we collected it at the initial stage of the investigation. So nine years ago. At the initial stage, right, of the investigation. So again, a case is always evaluated uh, based on the facts on the ground and what's going on. We're constantly reevaluating, we're constantly trying new techniques. Science and technology are moving forward at, uh, at a mind-boggling pace, and we're making sure that we're constantly keeping up with it and utilizing technology to the best of our ability. We have decided now to leverage uh, social media, obviously with the website, and put information out there in the hopes that the public will come forward with a piece of information about the origin of that article. Yes.
1: Knowledge.
0: this is obviously magnified can you give us a sense of how big the original one
3: can you embossed uh, I just don't know exactly what that means right so the, uh, the actual letters are approximately uh, one half by one half inch so that is uh, dramatically obviously increased um, and embossed is you know it, is it stamped is it uh, we're not certain so what we want is the, is the public's help, help on that can
1: you sure, can you up up the,
3: uh... I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, I, re- I said that we it was located on a belt that's that was my statement that we recovered yeah. yes and we'll be releasing photographs of that you and, 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 and Have you been able to trace its origins wh- where it was manufactured or anything like that? so again uh, i'm putting out information about the belt um, which i've stated already it's a black leather belt um, found at uh, one of the initial stages of the investigation Will you uh, so we will be using gilgonews.com to facilitate an information exchange no, with the public. You so be
1: than that.
5: this is the only, this is the only new piece of evidence that you're gonna to
3: today. So again, I just want to emphasize that this website is now going to be a uh, an avenue for us to assist us in facilitating information sharing with the public. So that will now be uh, a platform for us to utilize.
1: Commissioner, you hold that up again? This new technology that the Department of Health is allowed to use, did that play a factor in why you're releasing
3: this today? Uh, so that's nothing they will comment on. Commissioner,
1: why not
2: release the 911 tapes of Shannon
3: okay. Gilbert? So uh, as you know, a judge uh, ruled on the 911 tapes. We have appealed that ruling, and we'll obviously be guided by the uh, the appellate division's decision. So why not uh-huh. why appeal- So it's, we consider it part of the investigation, and we are uh, we're making sure that we're protecting the investigation as we move forward, um, as we do with every piece of evidence. was victim of the killer? How does that take part of an ongoing investigation? So we don't uh, we're not necessarily certain. Uh, we don't think she matches many of the uh, the patterns of the Gilgo Beach homicides. Um, as you know, the medical examiner has determined that it's uh, actually undetermined. They do not know whether it's natural causes. Or the cause of a criminal act so we are moving forward based on that So we've constantly said um, and I could tell you at least for the uh, time that I've been involved with this investigation since 2015 that uh, She does not match the pattern of the the Gilgo Beach homicides But again, I want to emphasize to everybody here. We let the facts dictate where we're going to go with this investigation. It's very dangerous to speculate or come to conclusions before all the investigation is completed, completed and the evidence is reviewed.
1: Commissioner, was that a new belt or an older belt? It looked like it was brand new or similar. It looked like it was brand new like,
3: like... So again, it was, it was found at the and, crime scene. By the, way, the website isn't
1: working. When is the website? H-T-T-S, backslash, backslash
3: it's uh, it should be live Uh, what happens is so I'm not giving information on the size of the belt
1: Come play with us.